It is October 20th. This is Golf Today. Much to talk about. Can Colin Morikawa keep the pot boiling as the headliner at the Zozo Championship? Will those birdies and eagles follow him from Vegas to Japan? How about Ricky Fowler? Was last week a mirage in the desert or something longer lasting? Plus, how about a two-time World Series champ? Josh Beckett talking baseball, talking golf, no hitters, and raising money for a worthy cause. Can't wait. Join us. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Hey, it's Golf Today. I'm Shane Bake, and that is Damon Hack. We're going to talk a little fall golf to start the oh, show. Man. AD, uh, been getting some invitations to play some golf. Everybody trying to get in golf late in the season here in the Northeast. What's your favorite part about fall golf? It's the colors. It's being outside. I love the game for the beauty it provides, the blues and greens. But this time of year, you get that beautiful auburn. You get the orange, the burnt orange. You get the brown, the red, the yellow. Just the golf courses pop this time of year. I accumulated a decent amount of half zips and sweatshirts oh, over my years living, yeah. uh, living in Arizona. I never got to wear them. I, I yeah. lived in Arizona. You don't really wear pullovers much in yeah. Arizona. So I like that I'm getting to kind of throw in some old school zips that I never yeah. really got a chance to put into play. Tell you what, that crispy weather kind of in the 50s, 60s. We're going to hit 70s this week as well. So kind of extended. We're not going to say summer, but uh, we got some good, good weather for golf. Still can week. wear, wear uh, short sleeve shirts. Well, I wanted to go through some of the fall stars already in this PGA Tour season. New season kicked off with a victory from a PGA Tour player. Max Homa is his name. He won it the Fortinet Championship. Had an eagle at the 12th, beginning of his back nine comeback for his third PGA Tour victory. And did all that with that mustache. Yes, he did. How about the Sanderson Farms Championship? Jackson, Mississippi. It was LSU alum Sam Burns capturing his second PGA Tour win of the year. Burns had four birdies and six holes to start the back nine and pulled away the five under 67. He got to kiss the chicken. So Max, great playing. Sam Burns playing some solid golf at the Shriners Children's Open in Las Vegas with Sungjae M taking the title in convincing fashion. Seven birdies and eight holes to finish with a final round. 62 go low and a four-shot victory. Oh, then it was our guy, Rory, second consecutive week in Las Vegas, saw the return of one of the truly great players in the game, Rory McIlroy, holding off Colin Morikawa and Ricky Fowler for his 20th victory on the PGA Tour. Mentioned the Zozo Championship kicks off this evening. You got late night golf on your television. Colin Morikawa and Xander Shoffley, the favorites at plus 700. That, of course, courtesy from our good friends at PointsBet. Hideki in the field. Will Zalatoris is there. Neiman, Fleetwood, Ricky, and Mr. Johnny Vegas. I like that Ricky Fowler number at plus 2,500. Time now, though, for Meet the Press. Colin Morikawa had quite a celebration recently. Colin, what's one thing you learned about one of your teammates at the Ryder Cup that you didn't already know? Uh, <laughs> uh, we like to party. <laughs> um, no, you know, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of little things that I kind of picked up upon. Um, I think what was really cool was to see everyone kind of take their role in, you know, yeah, you know, there's, we had a bunch of rookies, but you saw DJ take a leadership role, even though it was a quiet leadership, you saw JT and Jordan get that energy pumping through us. Um, you had, you know, like a guy like Berger who was just, you could talk to him about anything. You could have fun. So 
um, everyone kind of fit that puzzle piece. And even though there is no perfect puzzle for, you know, what's going to make a great team, um, everyone understood that, you know, what we were going to do out there was to try and win. And everyone was going to do everything that they could and, and not make anything bothersome for anyone else. Um, so everyone just, you know, it, it was just a well thorough team that was put together. Um, and, you know, it was just a lot of fun. So I wouldn't say there's one specific thing um, that really just caught my eye out of the blue. All right, Dodgers are down 5-2. Yeah, I know, I know. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. I've, I've been paying attention. All good, Kong. Still believe, baby. Now we're down 2-1. Great comeback, Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts. But I digress. You see the first-round group in the Zozo Championship. Eric Van Rooyen from South Africa. Also, Gary Higo from South Africa. What a time for that golf nation. And yes, Kong Morikawa, 8.03 p.m. Eastern Time. We're about halfway through the fall season, so time to chat. Who is primed for a big 2022? Oh, yes, we are looking ahead mm. at the OWGR Top 10. Rom, number one, said he's going to take some time away from the game. Dustin Johnson, not a great 2021, but he played flawless golf at the Ryder Cup. Morikawa, Cantlay, Xander, Bryson, JT, Rory McIlroy now eighth in the world. Louis and Brooks Kapka. So, D-Hack, the question is, as we look ahead at 2022, are one of those names in the top ten who you're circling to have a big season? A little farther down. Okay, the keep going down the list. But not too far. Number 18, Sam Burns, Sam Burns, Sam Burns. No one should be able to hit the golf ball as well as he does and putt as well as he does. 14th last season in strokes gained total. He was ninth in strokes gained putting. I was listening to Justin Huber on the Corn Ferry Tour. He was talking to your buddies on the No Laying Up podcast and talking about how well Sam Burns putts over bumpy greens. He mentioned the tournament in Springfield, and it was rainy, and no one was making putts, and Sam Burns was making everything, and if he didn't make it, it was one foot beyond the greens, and no one should be able to putt as well as Sam Burns. Justin went out, got the same putter, asked a, a rep to make it the exact same specs, and he was not making the putts like Sam Burns. It wasn't about the putter. It was about the player. Sam Burns, modern player, big swinger, and putts like a dream. That's the guy I'm looking out for in 2022, and he already has a win. I was going to say that's an enormous part of this. Yeah. You know, when you really debate players, who's going to end their career with the most major championships? I typically always go with the person that currently has the most majors. Why not? Because you got to win another one yes. to match that certain player. I love the pick of Sam Burns. I think Max Home is going to have mm. a big year as well. I'm looking at Jordan Spieth, though. You mentioned the, just outside the top ten in the world. Jordan Spieth currently 13th in the world. I'm just looking at the major championships. I think mm. this 2021 was the year where Jordan Spieth started to believe in who he was as a golfer again. Talked a lot about getting 1% better each and every day. Got himself in contention at major championships at well. But I'm really looking at 2022 as the year when Jordan Spieth gets it all back together. And, and specifically, I'm looking at two majors. I'm Which looking ones? at the old course. I, I really think Jordan Spieth's going to end his career with more clear jugs than he does Green Jackets. Wow. And, of course, every time he gets to Augusta National, he's going to have a chance to win there. He understands the golf course so well. There have been few players that every year they get there, and it doesn't matter where their game's at, they get themselves in contention at the Masters. Jordan Spieth is one of those players. So to start the year, he's going to have a chance. He's going to have a really good chance, I think, at the old course to pick up another major there with a Clara Jug. I just think Jordan Spieth's going to have a huge year. I see him winning multiple times. Huge year, multiple times. Is his best golf behind him or ahead of him then we had the same question yesterday about ricky fowler what do you see with jordan spieth you're saying you know augusta in old course i'm i'm thinking historic 
types of accomplishments. Is his best golf behind him, or does he still have some great golf ahead? I, I don't see how he could ever match 2015. Just in the way he played okay. golf that entire season, the way he played the majors that entire season. Yeah. It's going to be tough for anybody to touch that. When we keep talking about how deep golf is right now, to go out there and get yourself yes. ser in serious contention yeah. at every major championship, to have a real actual chance to win majors. Not a top five, not a, not a final round 66 right. to jump up into a T for sixth, and it looked really, really good on your Wikipedia page late. I think Jordan Spieth in 2015 played as good a golf as we've seen in the last decade and so to touch that again is going to be very very tough that being said I do think there's majors on the horizon for Jordan Spieth and I feel like 2022 will yeah. be the year we'll remember that Spieth really truly took that step back to being one of the best if not the best player in golf he's one of those modern day savants and you talk about the golf courses where he is going to be playing major championships this season you're talking about places templates where you have to be able to shape the ball move the ball have imagination around the greens and that's Augusta National and the old course I look at Sam Burns though and I wonder is a major championship for him in the offing I don't necessarily see one this season I think this is going to be a year where we see his name in contention in major championships I do think multiple PJ Tour wins are possible I think he has the length off the tee. He has the attitude as well. We spoke to him, was it last week, a couple weeks ago, and he just has almost his flatline personality. You know, nothing too high, nothing too low. I love the steadiness of the player, and I love the game as well. So Sam Burns already with a win. I mentioned Max Homa yes. kind of heading into next year. These are two players that already have a victory in this wraparound season. Very, very important when you're kind of looking at what they'll do for this year. For Max, I think this is the major year for him. You do. I think Max Homa is one of those players that wants the golf courses and the conditions to be as tough as they can be. And when you look at the PJ Championship and the U.S. Open going forward this coming year, Max Homa is going to thrive at these places because the country club is really, 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 really tough. And you go down to Tulsa and Southern Hills is very, very difficult. Max likes that. You look at what he's done at Riviera and Bay Hill when the conditions have been brutal over the last few years. That's when Max plays his best golf. And I feel like there was a big year this year to just kind of play through the major championship season and looking ahead to 2022. Max now believes he's one of the best players in the world. The game's showing that. I feel like Holmes got a great chance to pick up and at least get himself in the conversation in at least one major championship in 2022. And if he gets there, on a Sunday, I feel like he's in a place now to know I can win this. Thing. You've seen this player evolve up close. You know, where was the turning point for him? What was the change that made him a player who was nearly out of the game or, or at least shuffling around the minor leagues to believing he not only belonged on the PGA Tour, but he could be a winner, a multiple-time winner on the PGA Tour? You know, early 2020, it was the stretch he had where he just played such great golf on the West Coast. It was consistently great golf hmm. in different types of venues that asked different types hmm. of questions. To play a consistent golf with big fields and some of the best players in the world there it, it tells you a lot about who you are and what you can yeah. do and I mean you can point to winning a playoff and the way he finished out the Genesis you know making some of those late birdies and hitting some of those golf shots there I know he didn't make the putt on 18 in regulation to win yeah. outright but the shot he hit off the tee the iron shot he hit in there we hadn't seen a ball really that close all day long but it means a lot to beat somebody like Tony Finau mm -hmm. in a playoff it means a lot to take home the tournament you'd want to win the most in your life mm -hmm. he said over major championships winning at Riviera the tournament he went to all the time getting Tiger to hand the trophy to you oh. that, that's something you couldn't even really dream of yeah. right Bubba Watson talked about my dreams never reached this point right I mean for Max Homa to actually be in that moment handed a trophy at Riviera probably was something I'm not sure he ever actually believed would happen but he'd hoped it would happen for something like that to be now on your resume going forward and to know some of the players you were able to face down and beat did the same thing at the Wells Fargo to win his first tournament it just adds to the confidence yeah. and for a guy that plays a lot like Roy McIlroy 
to have the confidence headed into next season to already have a victory and oh, do yeah. it the way he did, I think it's going to be a multiple-win season for Max. Ooh. And I think if we're talking about this this time next year and Max Homa won a major championship, you and I are not going to be surprised. Wow, watch this space as they say. Fun watching these young players like Homa and Burns find their feet and find their confidence. And speaking of which, about Ricky Fowler? Yeah, remember him? Ricky showed signs of the old Ricky, that top five finish of the CJ Cup over the weekend. So is Ricky poised for a comeback? More on the art of the comeback when Golf Today returns. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. This season, don't just bet, live your bet life. And Srixon, introducing the new Z-Star Series. Need a soft, fast, responsive ball? No problem. And by Skechers. Be comfortable with Skechers Go Golf Elite 4 Victory Footwear worn by Matt Kuger. Back on Golf Today, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Golf. Yeah, prime time. Top players from the PGA Tour and Japan Golf Tour headline the 78-player field at the Zozo. The event returns to Japan for 2021 after being played at Sherwood Country Club in California in 2020. One of those big names, Ricky Fowler, getting his groove back. He's off alongside Harry Higgs and Ryan Palmer at 8.14 p.m. Eastern. Let's hear from Ricky on last week's tie for third. Yeah, last week was uh, uh, a, a very good week for me, um, you know, especially after the last couple of years. Um, I played very well tee to green. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have um, very good feel on the greens with speed, so that was where I struggled a little bit, but uh, very happy with the ball striking. Uh, that's something we've been putting a lot of work in on uh, the last couple of years, but especially the last uh, couple of months. So. A long time coming. Uh, like I said, very pleased with it and looking forward to this week now. Time now for the art of the comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Been here for years. Henrik Stenson back in 2013, the tour championship. Hey, I was losty. Lost with the golf game. Bounces back happens in this sport a lot. Yeah, had the driver yips, loss of confidence. And look at that. Holding up that gorgeous trophy. Look at the calendar comparison 2011. No wins, no top tens, ranked 212. 
the official World Golf ranking to start 2012 and then look at 2013. Couple of wins, eight top tens, won that tour championship, ranked fourth in the official World Golf ranking at the end of 2013. Back to 2018, one of the great comebacks in sports history. Tiger Woods playing alongside Rory McIlroy. You know, D, I was calling this for PJ Tour Live, and this started to happen. And rarely do you get me to shut up. I don't think I talked for about four straight minutes. Just let the moment breathe there. Yeah. It was unbelievable to watch. These pictures will live on forever. This was Tiger Mania reborn. You know, scenes we never thought we might see again. 80th career win, first PJ Tour win since 2013. Five years, one month, 19 days between wins. A lot of the greatness of this career has included comebacks from the depths. Go to November 2019. Brendan Todd, a nine under par 62 to win the Bermuda Championship for his second PGA Tour win, his first since 2014. This is a player who considered walking away from the game, was talking to some business pals about opening up a pizza franchise. But you go back to back, he wins Mayakoba Golf Classic in a Monday finish after that win at the Bermuda Championship in 2019. Earlier that year, talked about his struggles overcoming the swing yips. Most people think of the yips as putting yips, you know, where you get over a three-footer and you're your mind just goes crazy and you miss the putt. But for me, it was, you know, long irons off the ground, uh, three woods off the ground. And, you know, it started at the end of 2015 and it really didn't let up till the end of 2018. Um, you know, I missed all the cuts in 2018 and was just wondering if I was ever going to really get it back and play again. Um, and so on vacation, you know, a buddy of mine recommended Bradley Hughes uh, to me, who used to play on the PGA Tour and now is a, a teaching pro out of uh, Greenville, South Carolina. And he has an e-book online. So I went online and bought the book and read it on vacation and missed my last cut the next week and took a month off and just kind of thought about it and um, ended up working with him. And I really think the combination of the time off, reading his book and working with the new uh, sports psychologist and Ward Jarvis, who actually recommended another book to me about Rick Ann Keel who is a famous baseball player who went through the pitching yips and ended up having to recreate himself and become an outfielder. So for me, it was just kind of this learning process, you know, understanding, you know, why are they happening, um, you know, and maybe what do I need to do mechanically and physically and mentally to get myself out of it, you know, and the yips are they're a scary thing. I mean, you basically get over the ball and, you know, you know, for 18 holes, you hit a lot of shots and there's a lot of mental focus. And for me, I didn't really know when it was coming. Um, I'd hit it fine on the range and get out there and just just kind of freeze up over the ball. Your mind's going crazy. Your, your, all the tension goes in your arms and hands. And by the time you get to the top of your swing, you just you just get steep and, and block it. And it's just it's it's gone. Translation golf is hard, even for the professionals. And you remember Jordan Spieth, remember Scottsdale earlier this year. I'm going to take this itty bitty world by storm. Jordan Spieth third round. Pouring them in from everywhere. It felt like 2015 we were watching. 10 under 61 on that Saturday. Said later, what I'm looking forward to is just staying the course and trusting it. He didn't just stay the course. He took over the course. I mean, these were sounds and images that we saw and heard back in 2015. In the absence of Tiger, Jordan Spieth was the one who was taking us on a rocket ship ride. And I guess the question is, you know, after seeing what Jordan Spieth did and seeing what Lydia Ko did this past year is Ricky Fowler perhaps on the verge 
of something similar considering what he did in Vegas last week. I would say we probably need to pump the brakes okay. on a full comeback from Ricky Fowler. I think it was very, very nice to see. We made the comps yesterday to Jordan Spieth. It's a very easy thing considering Spieth just did this this year. Sure. There were signs of him finding the game last year into 2021. But, again, Ricky Fowler had a good week. Had a very, very nice week of golf. Got himself in contention. Got those feelings back. But this doesn't just instantaneously change. He doesn't instantaneously go out there and win. I hope he does. Yeah. I hope he wins this week. It'd be great for golf if he does. But I just tell everybody to make sure they pump the brakes a bit with Ricky Fowler because it is a process. He could miss the, he, well, he could struggle this week. He could miss cuts going forward. I mean, this is part of what happens because it's nice to see the game back to where it used to be for Ricky Fowler. But it's and it needs to be understood that it's not all. Not everything goes away. Not all the demons go away oh, from for one sure. good week. Well, I don't think that he has to to pump the brakes because I think the process has been ongoing this is someone who hasn't won since 2019 I think he's at the end of the struggle I actually think it's time to start to look at the player who at one time was ranked fourth in the world at one time at 12 and still does 12 top 10 finishes in major championships three runner-up finishes in major championships a player's championship that's who Ricky Fowler is I think that's more of who Ricky is than the player who has struggled over the last two years he's been working hard I think he's finally starting to bear fruit and I do think we're on the verge of a Spieth-esque or Coe comeback I again I hope we I hope it is I hope yeah. that's the case I hope Ricky Fowler plays as much golf as he can play over the next few months I know there's not a lot of golf to be played especially into December but if there's events out there I, I hope Ricky signs up because again the best place to get back into those moments and those feels yeah is going to be in final pairings or final groupings or penultimate groupings that's where he's going to feel what's different yeah. what's different in his golf game he can find everything on the driving range he can find everything in tournament golf but to truly test where you're at with the golf swing and the putting stroke it has to really matter and Ricky Fowler felt that on Sunday he sure didn't play did. great golf on Sunday but he was there and being there was the most important part if he plays terrible this week and yeah. plays terrible going forward this was still a successful fall for yeah. Ricky Fowler because he was in the final group on a Sunday at a big event with big big names and he felt what he used to feel all the time again and for Ricky Fowler that's the feeling he's been searching for that's what you search for when you're lost when you're Brennan yeah. Todd and you can't find the face of a driver when you're Steve Stricker and you have no idea where the drivers are going when you're Max Homa and one of the great college players coming out on the PGA Tour and you know standing on a tee at some point today I'm going to hit a drive out of bounds. Yeah. To think that as a professional golfer has that between the ears at time to get out of those bad places and get out of those shadows back into the limelight like Ricky Fowler is. It's great for Ricky Fowler and I hope it continues but I'm just going to say if it, if it doesn't go well for a couple weeks in yeah. a row don't just say this is one off from Ricky Fowler because it is a oh, process. I, I think we're watching the process unfold. I think it's unfolding beautifully and you talk about him playing alongside Rory McIlroy. Let's not forget also we talked about Ricky Fowler would need to miss some big time events and maybe missing the Masters was a good thing for missing the U.S. Open. Those were things that he, we just you know we assumed he would be there. Of course he would be there. He contended in the Masters. We contended to win uh, an Open Championship. So this is a player who had to have some things taken away from him. And that's what happened. He's worked through the demons. I think Sunday was instructive. I think the numbers, the stats being there, Rory talking about the quality of Ricky's game is helpful as well. I think he's on the verge of something very, very special. And missing, to me, the biggest event for these big-name players to miss, you miss a Ryder Cup and mm. you miss a President's Cup. Yeah. And you see the emotion from these players, how important these weeks are. 
and how much they think about these weeks throughout the year. Yeah. I know that the major championships players are focused on. This is an individual sport after all. But to not be in those team rooms and to not to get to wear the gear and to not be out there with friends of yours playing for your country and for a Ryder Cup and for a captain, when you have done that, yes. that is a huge missing piece for these players. And I think the moment that happens, you think about a Sergio Garcia. What do you want to do when you miss a Ryder Cup? You want to play yeah. well enough to get back on the team yeah. the next time. And for Ricky Fowler, he's missed enough of these big events. He's missed enough of these big moments. He shouldn't be missing them. That's the type of talent Ricky's been his entire life, yeah. a junior golfer, collegiate golfer, and on forward. And we know how great of a pro Ricky is. I hope we're on the verge of something great from Ricky Fowler because, again, it's good for our business. It's good for golf when Ricky's playing well. Well, not long ago, he was jousting with Rory McIlroy for right. major champs and Sergio Garcia as well. And the fact that I still believe that he has the best putting stroke on the PGA <laughs> Tour, and I'm going to say that, I'll lose my voice saying that. I think that's quite a weapon as he tries to complete this comeback. It's like Ricky and MB. That, that's what that, you got. Uh, give me Ricky. Two. Give me MB. On I'm repeat. In. Absolutely. Love seeing Ricky back in the frame. All right, folks, how about some news makers when Golf Today returns? We're diving into the players who made headline news in 2021. We already talked about him, Jordan Speed. Thank you very much. But how about the ladies' game as well? Much more ahead on Golf Today. Thank you, now. Back on golf today, the Zozo Championship returns this week for the first time since 2019 when Tiger Woods made history. Pick it up win number 82, tying Sam Sneed's mark on the PGA Tours. A Monday finish with 3,000 fans on hand, but everyone took notice, including some of his competitors. Tiger holding up the trophy. Gary Woodland on the week there with Tiger. Not many guys get you to watch while you're competing, but he's one of them. You want to beat him, but when the time was over, when I could tell I wasn't going to win, I was rooting for him. How about Tommy Fleetwood? I played with him when he won at East Lake. I played with him at Zozo when he won. Clearly, I've been good to him in the latter part of his career. So if he wants to hire me when he makes his return, I'll play with him full time. We can negotiate and talk about it. How about Tiger in win number 82 and the significance? I call that part of Tiger's career to me, in the golf business and golf world, that's found money when Tiger came back and was still winning golf tournaments. I always love to look kind of historically over the course of a great career, a historic career like Tiger, and just look at some of the players that finished second to Tiger. And you kind of go back historically. His first win, it was Davis Love. Payne Stewart finished second to Tiger Woods. Tom Kite. Frank Nobolo has done that when you kind of look at the early parts of his career. And you look at 2019, kind of the found money part of the year. I mean, you think about Kepka, Xander, Dustin Johnson finishing runner-up to Tiger at Augusta National, and Hideki finishing mm -hmm. runner-up to Tiger at the Zozo. I mean, that's that whole new generation now, seeing Tiger in his prime, seeing Tiger out there doing Tiger types of things. It was quite a special week. I was diving into some of the numbers, D. Alex Myers had a great piece on Golf Digest. The 64 he opened with, that's the lowest start to Tiger's career about that? of a PGA Tour season. Open with 64 with three bogeys he made three bogeys and Justin Ray who does a great job had Woods at plus 7.23 strokes on a Thursday against the field in terms of strokes gained it was a Tiger clinic if you yeah. will from one of the greats I love what you said about this new generation of golf fans being able to appreciate Tiger and part of that new generation was my own children when Tiger was coming back and kind of putting his you know rounds back together and his tournaments back together in Tampa when he was in contention and playing alongside Snedeker my, my boys were watching and this was their first opportunity to see Tiger Woods you know in living color and they were already like oh my gosh like this guy's a little bit different there's something kind of cool about I want to watch him over everybody else he just has that kind of magnetism yeah well, what he does you know we, we've got to, I, I brag about this generation a lot you know yeah. being so lucky to get to watch live 
some of the athletes we've got yes. to watch live. You think about Serena Williams and you think about Simone Biles and you think about what we've got to see with Tiger Woods and Roger Federer and LeBron James and Tom Brady and the list goes on and on, oh. as you know. Not to mention, you know, some of the players that aren't going to go down as a quote-unquote goat like a Phil Mickelson mm. who has had such a storied career that we touched on earlier. It's a true joy to get to see greatness in person. It's a true joy to get to see greatness through an entire career. And it was great to see 2019 yeah. specifically because I got a chance to see Tiger. If it's the last win, if that's it for Tiger Woods in terms of his career on the golf course to win at Augusta National, to pick up number 82, it was quite special to get to watch. And it may be the end, 82, but it may not be. This, this PGA Tour champions, I and mean, we're seeing Phil Mickelson out there and there was a, a time of life where you would say we're never going to see a Jim Furyk out there he made too much money we'll never see Phil Mickelson out there he made too much money well Tiger Woods is the all-time made too much money and I guess the question is you know God willing and the creek don't rise and he has good health could you see Tiger Woods patronizing the 50 and over set it, I, I don't see it now in terms of Tiger going out there and playing if it's not competitive. I mean, he's got to be competitive. What has Tiger said at every tournament he's teed it up in? I'm here to win. Yeah. I play in golf tournaments and sign up golf tournaments to win. It's hard to win on the PGA Tour champions. Yes. I mean, we're seeing this right now. You're seeing how impressive this crop of 50-somethings is. Podrick Harrington, Jim Furyk, Phil Mickelson's mm. been so dominant. So for Tiger to go out there and do that, he's going to have to play professional golf on some level in his late 40s because he's going to have to see where the game is. So, I mean, obviously it's health you know, dependent sure, on where Tiger 100%. is health health wise. But Phil Mickelson is a showman. Phil Mickelson loves being out there and maybe pulling driver when he knows driver isn't the right play. <laughs> Tiger's not doing that. Right. Tiger's hitting the sensible golf shot. Tiger understands certain holes pars a good score, right? Sure. He doesn't have to make birdie. He doesn't have to hole out for eagle. He doesn't have to have a caddy tin the flag stick on 18 because not only is it cool to see, but it's dramatic and it's what fans want to see. Tiger's there to play 72 holes the best he can play. 54 holes at times on PGA Tour champions. So unless Tiger can be competitive, I don't see Tiger Woods doing this. But if Tiger Woods can be competitive, I, I wasn't. I don't think you and I would have thought we'd have seen Jack play this much or Arnie play this much on the senior tour. Yeah. So they surprised us a bit with that as well, and now Phil's surprising us and, as well. And that's the thing. These players, you know, if, if they have the drive, if they have the game, they, they don't ever lose that competitive drive. They still want to compete. And you mentioned Jack and, and Arnie. Lee Trevino, 1990, it was Jack and Lee Trevino at Ridgewood battling for a national championship, you know, carrying on their, their duels from the Open and their duels in the U.S. Open at Marion you know, some 20, 30 years later. And, and Lee Trevino cackling, give me that trophy, give me that trophy when, when Jack kind of faltered down the stretch. So to have even a glimpse of a possibility that we could see Tiger and Phil, you know, in their 50s battling on PGA Tour champions, would that be more popular than, oh, uh, than PGA uh, Tour golf? It, I mean, of course. Tiger and Phil on the 15-over set. I mean, when you, I'm not a big looking-at-ratings type of person, yeah. but when you look at the match, the first match with Tiger and Phil, and you kind of see how many people and how buzzy social media was around that golf event, mm. to put them in a tournament with other players on golf courses and you have Tiger and Phil in the field, you talk about, and I don't think the PGA Tour champions need saving, but I think to get a big boost, I mean, you talk about, you know, the really large Red Bulls they sell at the gas station? Oh, sure. I mean, it would be like the 16-ounce Red Bull. Yeah. It'd be a few of those yeah. to put down. That's how much energy a Tiger and Phil would bring to PGA Tour champions. And who wouldn't watch it? Yeah. Who, who's not watching those two guys on a Sunday? Doesn't matter where they're playing. Yeah. You and I could be out with our iPhones filming them sure. play, you know, medalist. And if it was competitive, people are going to tune in and watch. So it, it would be crazy to see those two out there. Yes. And I hope we get to see it. 
Because watching Phil and Tiger battle, I know we didn't get it as much as we'd hoped to in the course of major championship sure. golf, but to see those two out there battling at 51, 52, 60, 65, 70, well, you and I'd be watching. Part of the beauty of Jack and Arnie was that they competed not just on the golf course, but in business golf course architecture and endorsements in different things. And you can't tell me that Tiger and Phil don't pay attention to the other's portfolio. What is he up to? What is he doing on the golf course? Tiger wins the Masters. Phil wins the PGA. I mean, these two don't live in a vacuum. They want to beat each other at everything. So I think seeing Phil's success on PGA Tour champions, and most notably wearing that Wanamaker at the age of 50, Tiger knows what's going on. Tiger's not just sitting there just applauding. He'll send out a nice tweet, I'm sure, and say congrats. But, hey, that's a couple more pull-ups. That's a couple more you know, range balls or working on the short game. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about PJ Tour champions yes. and what is a big, big part of turning 50 and being successful out there. And one of them's distance and one of them's fitness. I don't mm. think those are two things Tiger has ever yes. battled with. I mean, yes. he's one of the fittest golfers of all time, yes. and he never lacked distance. So when those, if those two things continue on with yes. whatever Tiger Woods golf game could potentially look like, I mean, I think he'd be successful out there. I'm thankful that he's come back. I'm thankful that he's given us this post, this 15th major championship, and seeing him compete with his young generation. He doesn't have to. He's given us more than we can even imagine as an industry. But, man, I wouldn't turn it down if he wanted to come back. You know, you, you think about John Elway. You know, yes. to, to have the career John Elway had and to pick up the Super Bowls late in his career. And you think about Peyton Manning even, you know, having that kind of up and down career with the Colts and he would lose certain games you maybe thought they were going to win. And to pick up that late Super Bowl mm. with Denver as well. For Tiger to have 2019, yeah, uh, oh. you know, and, and to have that season is a gift. It's a yeah. gift to sports fans that we got to see him take it to the young players. He got to face down Brooks Kepka, who would pride himself in calling him kind of the new age Tiger in major championships. Mm. Whatever Tiger does yeah. golf-wise and beyond, it, it doesn't matter. It yes. matters, sure, but it doesn't matter. We yeah. got 2019, one of the true special years in this sport. A lot of great stories the last couple of years in this great game. And also, how about a lot of great stories in the Charles Schwab Cup on the 15-over set PGA Tour champions? Bernhard Langer doesn't have a win. He's still leading this, this thing. Year, but he's still leading this thing because he contends <laughs> week after week after week. We've talked about Jim Furyk and... How he's playing a lot of PJ Tour Champions golf, hosting an event as well. And there you see Ernie Els, north of 50, also playing very well. A uh, buddy of mine sent me a picture from Phoenix Country Club. They're yep. coming out of overseed here Get in about ready. five, six days. Okay. It looks pure. Excited to see the Charles Schwab wrap up this year. Cannot wait. Yes, lots kind of bubbling up on social media from a Masters champ, Trevor Immelman. Jake and I are watching the NBA talking about teams retiring jersey numbers. We think pro golf should retire the red polo, black pant combo on Sundays. Thoughts? Well, D, I mean, I, do, I, don't, I don't hate the idea. Okay. First of all, it's a Trevor Immelman idea, so it's obviously a good one. Yes. And Trevor Immelman's great. You know, it's, it's iconic, and there are players that kind of do it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, to me, you can't retire until Tiger says, I'm not playing golf anymore. Yeah. When Tiger says, I'm not playing golf anymore, then we can have the conversation. Yeah, For now... Let's not let's not pump the brakes on the career. I, I'd want a poll of the players, the, the, the JTs and the speeds. You know what would they say? Is this going to be like a, a Wayne Gretzky? No one wears 99 in the NHL, or Jackie Robinson? No one wearing 42. I mean, Tiger deserves that energy and that respect. It's a little, it's a little different with colors as opposed to numbers. But I like what Ti's thinking. I think you know you talk to the players, the current players, because I, I imagine they'd say you know. Anything to honor Tiger, uh, they'd be down for. You know, I had this kind of iconic-y sticker I just put on my oh, computer. Yeah. Do you see that thing? 
And, and there's no, no faces needed here, but you just see the images and the outfits of certain players, and you know who they are. I, you, you know got, it's Tiger. You, you know Daly. it's Ricky. Can, yeah, you, you know Pepka, it's Phil. Daily. Yeah, you got Jack, Tiger. Is that Ricky in orange? Heck yeah, of course okay, it is. Of course. I don't know purple. I see Payne, I see the king, and I see Phil with the big the, the big leaf. So what, the what I'm saying is with this sticker is the outfits are iconic. You know the yeah. golfers from the outfits. So I think Trevor is on to something. Okay, okay. And I don't know who made the sticker. It might be Trevor Immelman. Can I get one of those stickers, I, by the way? I, I don't one. got much going on on the back of my We'll get you a golf sticker. <laughs> I like that. We actually uh, threw this up on social media. As well, should professional golfer tire the red shirt, black pants combo? Tell us why or why not, and all that stuff on social media. And we will feature the best, the smartest, the greatest answers right here on this television show. Love it. Still to come on golf today, World Series champ Josh Beckett joins the show. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. He's a little golf obsessed, by the way, doing some great work for charity. We'll talk a little baseball, golf, and more next. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome back to Golf Today. Former Major League pitcher and three-time Major League All-Star Josh Beckett began his career with the Florida Marlins. Beckett would win a World Series title with the Marlins in 03, throwing a complete game shutout at Yankee Stadium. I still remember watching that on a second World Series as a member of the Boston Red Sox in 2007, also winning ALCS MVP. Big man, right-handed, could absolutely deal. And in 2014, as a member of my Los Angeles Dodgers, Beckett threw a no-no against the Philadelphia Phillies. And Beckett and award-winning actor John O'Hurley announced the field of 24 who will be competing in the Leap Celebrity Golf Invitational, a two-day Celebrity Am tournament benefiting the Epilepsy Foundation, taking place October 24th through the 25th at Reflection Bay Golf Club in Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. Josh joins us on Golf Today. It's great to see you, pal. So starting Sunday, you're hosting this fantastic event presented by Rubicon Advisors in Vegas with John O'Hurley. Why is this event so important to you? Well, my uh, 10-year-old daughter was diagnosed three years ago with, uh, with epilepsy. She has um, not the typical type of seizures that people talk about, but they're just non-absent seizures. We started noticing them um, probably six months even before she was diagnosed. And I remember the one that got me, we were in a Walmart parking lot and she just started walking in circles. And, you know, we had kind of already started 
it was on our radar that something was going on. We didn't know if it was lack of sleep or what it was. And uh, we, we got with some doctors and, you know, she, she has a form of epilepsy. And so we got invited to this the first year. This is our third year having the tournament. Um, John O'Hurley did it by himself with Steve Celery. Uh, the first year we went, we had a great time. They asked me if I wanted to be involved. Of course, my wife and I said, yes, uh, it's near and dear to our heart. Um, and, you know, hopefully raise some money for the Epilepsy Foundation. I mean, it's just but like a lot of there's there's a lot of things like this that that don't get the notoriety per se or the, the money spent uh, or the money sent their way. So anything we can do that's uh, near and dear to our heart, I, I feel like just it makes you feel a little bit better about the about the situation uh, for your own family. Yeah, Josh, people see the World Series rings and, and the fame and the fortune, but nobody knows what a family is going through. What's it like having the support of the community so they can kind of, you know, help it and see you uh, more than just being a baseball player? Yeah, um, you know, I mean, overall, she's really healthy. I mean, she's really a um, just a normal kid, and, and that's the hardest thing with, with what we're dealing with. And then you go to the Epilepsy Foundation and you talk to these people, um, and you, you hear a lot worse stories. Like I said, we still feel very blessed. Um, Ryan is my daughter, and she's just a normal kid. I mean, she likes to play. Um, you know, she, she likes to not really play sports, but she likes to go outside and play and ride her scooters and do all that stuff. So in a lot of aspects, she's a, she's a very normal kid. Um, and that was the hardest thing, I think, being her parents, was to understand that, you know, she still has this going on and, you know, like what we're trying to do right now through medicine is just kind of try to suppress them now. So hopefully when she goes through uh, puberty, she can, she can kind of outgrow this, uh, this phase of her life. Well, golf's been a big part of your post-playing career. I've seen you at charity events throughout the years, supporting great causes. You play in the diamond resorts, chasing the ball around. What would you say is the number one thing you were working on with your golf game? Right now? It's just getting out and playing. You got a 10-year-old daughter. You got an 8-year-old daughter a 3-year-old son. It's like uh, just trying to get out and play. And I, I love to bass fish. Uh, we have a ranch in South Texas. So we, we stay pretty busy. As my buddy Cameron Beckman would say, busier than a one-armed paper hanger. <laughs> Never heard that one. That's a new one. Uh, I got to ask a question, and I need you to be totally honest with us here. When you factor in everything, work days, off days, the stress, toll on your body, money, et cetera, is being a pitcher the best job in professional sports? I'm not complaining. I don't know. I can't really answer that because I only <laughs> I only know that one position. But, yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, we got to play golf. I wasn't a huge golfer when I was in Florida playing for the Marlins. But when I got to Boston, I think that was my first uh, introduction into, like, having some veterans on the team, like some Tim Wakefields and some Kurt Schillings, you know, and they all played played golf on their off days when they weren't pitching. And uh, so I really picked it up then. I was I was more of a fisherman down in Florida. I mean, we had Okeechobee was an hour and a half away. Brad Penn and I spent pretty much every off day for five years on Lake Okeechobee in our bass boats. Josh, I'm always interested in how former great athletes observe their sports post-play. Are you somebody that watches baseball for enjoyment? Are you constantly critical of decisions and pitches? Don't watch it at all? What's the Beckett process? Yeah, I catch very few uh, regular season games, but I won't miss a postseason game. You know, I just, I guess I kind of miss, there was, there was a game a couple nights ago that was nine to nothing and it was like nine o'clock at night and I just went to bed. Um, 
And I think the score ended up being very close to that anyway. It was 12 to three at the end uh, when I checked the next day. But I love the postseason. I don't know. There's just something about um, the way those guys react to it's, you know, win or go home, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's something special, you know, and it's totally different. I did a deal with uh, Rob Bradford, who's a writer in Boston a couple of days ago. And I told him, I, I can't really put a word on it, but I try to watch the game not being critical just because the game has evolved since I was there. I mean, when I was, when I was pitching in Boston and even in Florida, the starting pitcher was going to win or lose the game. I mean, and, it was a lot harder to win the game than it was to lose the game because if you go out and lay an egg and give up eight runs in two innings, you know, your team's going to have a hard time coming back. But, I, man, it's just everything's run so much differently now, um, and I enjoy it. I, I, and I think that the coverage is awesome. I think TBS is doing an unbelievable job. I think they have unbelievable people in there. Fox, obviously, they got Smoltzy and those guys. Joe Buck, I feel like everybody's the, – the, the coverage is a little bit better than the uh, – than the regular season. Um, I just think that they're doing a phenomenal job, and I think that it's hard to not want to watch baseball this time of year. Josh, golfers have a process. Pitchers have a process. You went into Yankee Stadium at the height of the Yankees' power and absolutely shut them down in the postseason. I want to know, what was your process? What was your mindset in getting that done? Man, I, I just think it was... Things were simple when you're 23. I mean, you guys got young. I'll probably remember that. It's like you're just dumb enough to not know what's actually going on. And, you know, I was kind of a, I don't know, bra I've been called brash, arrogant, whatever back then. It's just I don't know what I was. But, I mean, I, I wasn't really scared of the moment. And I hadn't – it's not like I had proven myself. I mean, we never won a state championship when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, I got beat in the playoffs one uh, one year. It's just like – it just, it happens. I mean, I, I think I just went into, I was, I was very confident in who I was at that time. I, I missed part of the season in 03 with a, with a UCL sprain in my elbow. So I think there was a little bit of the, just being thankful to be out there. I think that that kind of played into like not having all the nerves and all the anxiety and just, I pitched really well in August and September and, you know, Jack McKeon basically going into the playoffs said, we're gonna we're gonna ride our starters into the ground. I mean, because even when we didn't start, we we were out of the bullpen. Uh, we were the long guy on our bullpen day. Now, Josh, uh, I ask rather ridiculous questions at times. You know, you're a pitcher, a great pitcher at that, and I've been interested in the whole interview. Why are the bats framed behind you? Why do you have bat you three home runs career-wise? I mean, they yeah. weren't just your home run bats. What's What's this? Why does a pitcher have bats behind him? You on know, the wall? I, that was something I did, though. I collected bats um, from guys that, you know, I just enjoyed playing against. I mean, like, just, um, but actually, most of these are mine from, like, I think that's the Marlins World Series. That's the 07 All Star game. This is actually signed by Kevin Costner, and it's it, it says <laughs> Crash on it. Hold on, let me get that down. <laughs> this is Kevin Costner. I got to meet him in. Uh, at Fenway, and uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know, it was something I did. We, you know, we got a dozen bats, and especially when I was in Boston, I never got to hit, so I had a dozen bats. What else was I going to do? Was get them signed. That's a great point. That's a great point. I like right. that. And now pitchers have to hit, and, you know, playing for the Marlins and the Dodgers. So, listen, you know, athletes remain competitive. You talk trash. You know, you know Smoltz and Romo and Josh Scobie. Like, who's the best athlete golfer in your mind and why? The best athlete go well. I mean, 
you left some guys off there, not, not not guys that are great friends of mine, but you start talking about athletes. I mean, you can't leave the basketball players. I mean, Ray Allen, those guys. I mean, yeah, I, you know, as far as the best golfer that I've ever played with that was a professional athlete, I would probably have to say Smoltzy just because he – he never has like like we all have like the blow up round. Like I, like me, I can go out and shoot sixty eight, or I could shoot a hundred and eight. Smoltzy just never has like the big round. He just he's very very consistent. Uh, I've never played with Romo. I heard he's amazing. Uh, Mark Mulder would be another guy. I mean, just the, the guys that win all the the celebrity deals, the guys that that, that win the uh, American Century, the guys that win the Diamond Resorts. Marty Fish looks like a tour pro when you watch him on the range. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's some pretty special guys out there. All right, Josh, I'm a Dodger fan. I love what you did for the team. Thank you. Last night was was fun, <laughs> at least the last couple of innings. What's your scouting report for the rest of this Dodgers-Brave series? Man, I, I, I'm worried about these bullpens. I said the game's changed so much, though. I really don't know, like, how these guys are going to feel. But to me, like, I, I feel like there's just going to be a – crap load of runs scored because the bullpens are going to get tired eventually well josh we really <laughs> appreciate the time and we, it, just can't do it yeah they can't. appreciate the scouting report yes appreciate what you're doing with your charity event excited to see how that unfolds and we're excited to talk to you soon thanks for joining us thanks for having me guys i oh, love it man how about this a few years ago so it's halloween so my boys are dressed as like superheroes and i you know you get older you don't always have a a costume, but I do have a Dodger jersey always ready. That's a great pick. Just an unbelievable picture. Uh, this We talked a little bit about the Dodgers. Where are you at right yeah, now? Your man. confidence high? Confidence high. Soaring? Cody Bellinger, three-run shot, ties the game last night. I'm going crazy. I was in such a bad mood before well, the Wait a minute. Well, I'm, I'm rarely in a bad mood. I was going to say. I'm rarely in a bad mood, but, you know, this is my team. I got this you. This is my childhood team. And then Mookie Betts does what Mookie does. And now it's time for, for, for my Dodger. I'm fine now. I, you're, I'm you're alive. Confident. The Dodgers are alive. We got Urias on the bump tonight. I think it's going to be a good finish, and we'll end up playing either the, the Astros or the Red Sox. doesn't even matter. I, uh, I, I had a good friend of mine, one of my best friends, went to the Dodgers game yesterday afternoon and then went to the Lakers game that evening. And all I could think was it's going to be such a depressing drive for my buddy Kevin when the Dodgers get smoked when they were oh, down 5-2. Yes, yes. And then all of a sudden things started to, uh, to change. And a, a friend of the show, maybe a friend of the program, may have had a wager on the Dodgers and was very happy with the Ooh, result. How about that? I like to back my friend's team. There you go. That's, I love that. Boy, I love so that. When, you, when you look at where they're at right now, Dodgers at plus 210 mm. to win this series. And listen. All I'm saying is good value. Yes. That's all I'm telling people. And I love what value. you said. You know, go to a Dodger game, go to a Lake game. It's a very L.A. thing to do, having grown up in L.A. He's not the first to do Listen, that. Listen, my, my buddy's name is Kevin Stamler, okay. and he is as L.A. as anybody you'll ever meet on the planet Earth. So that makes total <laughs> sense. So we're going to talk a little Nelly Corda on the back end. World number one announced she's making her PNC championship debut with her dad. Made a start to think of dream teams in golf, and Damon Hack and I went scramble teams. Aurelio's next. Golf today continues as we lead you into College Central at the bottom of the hour as we get you set for the final day from the Jackson T. Stevens Cup. Golf today. 
brought to you by PointsBet. Stuff today rolling along on a Wednesday. Damon Hack, Shane Bacon. We just spoke to Josh Beckett, World Series champ two times. And a reminder to me, these are big, big dudes. I've been around Josh Beckett and Mark Mulder, who he mentioned. These pitchers, you know, you don't think of, like, baseball players as, as athletes. These are athletes. Josh Beckett was a moose. He was a beast. Mark Mulder, similar build, stocky and strong. They're, they're bases. The base, yeah, the, the legs. legs. Tom Seaver. like four or five C's to thick oh. with these guys. It is thick, thick stuff when you yeah. talk about these great, great pitchers. You got to have a base. The base helps in baseball. It definitely helps in golf as well. You want to push off, get some leverage. Yeah, I'm still working on that. My swing has been working because I kind of, I'm not letting my weight get outside the inside part of my right foot. When that's my only swing thought. You know this game gets a little complicated sometimes. Right now my only swing thought is keep that weight on the inside of my right foot. Do you like that? I mean, I like anything that you're thinking if it's singular. You I know need why? a singular golf thought. You don't need to be thinking about five things. Swaying is no good. No. I can't sway. You don't want to sway off the ball. You want to kind of stay a little. I just, you know, I'm not like, I'm not stacking tilting. Some, <laughs> some do, and some have had success with the stacking tilt. I'm just not stacking tilting, but I do want to make sure that I am turning and not swaying. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, Should I've we seen, make this an instruction show? I've, or we're seen, not the, to do I've that? seen the golf move evolve this year in 2021. Okay. I've seen a lot of great from day. Damon Hack. Thank you. Just Thank the you. positive thought in the head during the round helps your situation. Well, from our golf game to PGA Tour Champions <laughs> Golf and the Charles Schwab Cup playoffs, this is the format, D. Yes. Top 72 players on the regular season money list qualify for the playoffs. Three event playoff run on point system. Double points earned in each playoff event. The playoff points added to the regular season totals as the fields are cut down. It's 54 players for the second event and 36 for the championship at Phoenix Country Club. A million dollars to the winner. For more, we bring in our own John Cook. Cookie, it's always great to see you, pal. So what's <laughs> top of mind for you when you think about the Charles Schwab Cup playoffs? What's the number one story that's on your mind? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that, Damon, you're starting to talk like a golfer. Inside <laughs> of the right foot. I like that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> it's important. This uh, is important. It's important. You know that, Shane. It'd be off your left foot, but that's okay. Um, it, 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 I mean, the story is, I mean, the playoffs. You have so many guys through these two years that still have a chance to win this. And on top of that board is Bernhard Langer, 64 years old. I mean, how does he keep doing it? It's amazing. And he only has one win in this two-year span, guys. So he's that's just remarkably consistent play. You know about his preparation. You know about his work ethic. And now it's it's paying off to where he might win another Charles Schwab Cup. John, what has Phil Mickelson done for the Champs Tour in his short time competing out there? He showed that, you know, he has interest in playing. I think anytime we get a Phil Mickelson to play in one of the PGA Tour Champions events, it's a plus. Obviously, we'd like to have him play more, but that's, that, you know, he, he will play his own schedule, and that's fine. Anytime we get him, it's a bonus. So that, that's, that's, that's the one thing. Uh, winning three out of four events, I think, might be a little bit expected, maybe not. Um, we don't want him winning every single one. We want to show that uh, PJ Tour champions players can still really play. You know, you've got Langer and Els and Goosen and in you know, Jerry Kelly and you know these these guys that are you know making a run. You got Jimenez. Um, so you don't want Phil winning every single week, but anytime we get him is a bonus. 
Cookie, you mentioned Bernard Langer. He has not won this calendar year, but he remains in contention, leads the standings. How much of a threat does he remain to win in your mind? Is he getting frustrated at all? It doesn't look like he sweats, but, but is he still a threat <laughs> to win out there? You, you would seemingly think so, Damon, because he's there all the time. But we haven't seen from Bernhard in this last calendar year or you know, one time last year at Tucson, um, is that closing? Is the closer that we're all used to seeing 40, 42 times a, a winner on the PGA Tour champions and, you know, 11 major championships. He's been a closer. He hasn't really closed uh, in this calendar year. He's been very close. Uh, other players have beat him down the stretch. And there's been some times where he's kind of let things go uh, in that final round. So, um you know, I, I, there's so much good out there on the PGA Tour champions as far as play goes, guys. I, I you know, I'd be hard pressed to see him getting uh, maybe a me might maybe get another one. I don't really think he's going to get to 45 and tie Hale Irwin. Um, I don't think he's got that much gas in the tank, but he's got plenty of gas to be a, a relative factor every single week. We were talking earlier about Tiger Woods and if we'd ever see the legend on the champs tour. Do you think if he's healthy enough to play, <laughs> he'd actually give the 50 plus circuit a run? Um, it's, it's possible. I mean, maybe he wants to you just start to compete again. Um, maybe he's you know content in what he's doing. I, I myself and I've said this before is I'm just glad he's up and walking. I'm glad that he can walk again on his own. Uh, that was that was step number one. Whether he could compete again, that is down the line. But, you know, perhaps down the line, maybe he'll miss it enough. Uh, I'll be close to 70, so I won't be a factor for him. But uh, <laughs> he'll uh, he, I think that he he loves to compete so much and he might give it a try. You know, maybe he'll do a fill thing. Maybe he'll play in a couple of the majors. Maybe he'll, you know, you know, pick and choose a couple of spots that he might like to go and see some old friends. Uh, you know, perhaps he might do that. I, I don't have any idea what his uh, motivation would be at that point in time, unless it's just, you know, Charlie gets him going again. And I, I can promise you when you, you have, you know, a son or a daughter or some good friends that are younger and they're pushing you and you want to be competitive and keep playing with, you know, your, your son or your daughter, um, maybe that, that gives you a new little bit of lease on life and maybe a little bit more competitiveness, and maybe that's where we'll see Tiger. Cookie, there was a thought that we wouldn't see the likes of Phil Mickelson, Jim Furyk, Padraig Harrington, because they made too much money in this era <laughs> of Tiger Woods. Is a part of you surprised to even see Furyk and, and Phil out there, you know, grinding and, and chasing the ball around? Play, we've done this for so long, Damon, we're professional golfers. I don't think you can shut it down that quick uh, and, and be that content. That competitiveness is always, it's in you. And it's in you when you turn 50, I promise you. Especially Phil, I mean, winning a PGA at 50 years old. Uh, you know, Jim Furyk winning golf tournaments. And that's what it's all about here on the PGA Tour Champions is, you know, you just don't walk out there and start winning, although Phil has done that. You, you take a little bit of time and, you know, get used to what's going on. But that's part of the being competitive and playing, you know, professional golf for, you know, 25, 30, 35 years of your life. Uh, it's really hard to shut it down, especially when you have a viable tour that is playing really good golf at, at certain points. Uh, you want to stay competitive and you're just not ready to shut it down. It's hard to do. I took me to about 58 years old to figure out I needed to shut it down. So uh, if you still have that competitiveness and you have, still have that will to work and prepare, 
Yeah, I, I, it doesn't surprise me at all. Got to be sitting around the house. Great storylines oh, on PGA no Tour chance. champions. Cookie, hey, it's great to see you. If you see Carl Jackson again at the Elotion Club, please say uh, hello from us. Good man, I will. All Thank right. you. That is John Cook. Love seeing Cookie on a Wednesday. Love seeing this upcoming schedule on PGA Tour Champions. The playoffs, Dominion Energy Charity Classic starts Friday. You got the Timber Tech Championship November 5th through the 7th. The Charles Schwab Cup Championship for all the marbles November 11th through the 14th. And still to come, we're joined by a special guest from the USGA with a pretty special last name. We discuss best last names in golf when we return. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. This season, don't just bet, live your bet life. And Bushnell Golf and the Pro XC, experience the best. And Geico, you could save even more by bundling home and car insurance. And by Skechers, be comfortable with Skechers Go Golf Jasmine Footwear worn by Brooke Henderson. Golf Central Update, brought to you by Callaway Golf. Time to take a look at the updated Velocity Global PGA Tour University rankings. First 15 through 6. See some Longhorns on there. We need, need some A's. I need a U of A. A. How about some UCLA's? You need some UCLA's on that list? Yeah. I think, I think, I think there might be an A in the top five. Let's see what you got here. No. No, no, but another Longhorn. <laughs> Texas is representing. Well represented, ain't it? Sam now. Bennett, Texas Damn. A&M, Pearson Cooties had a great, great last couple of years. Number two in the Velocity Global rankings. Time now for the 19th hole, D-Hack. All right, what we got. I'm always excited to see Tommy Fleetwood tweeting me trying to work out what time it is after crossing the date line. Uh -oh. I picked him, right? Japan. Oh, you no. did. That's like your uh, lock of the uh, week. He's uh, already gotten uh, out. He's complaining. <laughs> when you don't know what time it is, that's <laughs> not great. Let's uh, get Teddy G on the phone. I'd have to change my pick. <laughs> All right. Our social question of the day. Should professional golf retire the red shirt and black pants combo? Tell us why. And you could be featured on today's show. So here's Troy. Troy wants the weigh in no perfectly fine for others to wear if golfers had a number i would be fine with that i, I understand the setup. Fair. they try we tried a number thing remember that a few years ago yeah. did not play yeah not not, not for me this here's jt not this this justin thomas i don't think so okay are you sure i'm, I'm not a hundred percent he may have a burner <laughs> jt said i don't think they need to retire it because the combo is only iconic when tiger wears it okay that's very very fair fair enough how about dave big d's buddies the only guy who should now wear the red-black final day combo is Charlie Woods when he joins the tour. No pressure, Dave. My goodness. <laughs> Putting the kid, when he putting the when kid he on. Give him his card already. Wow. Did he lot, get out of decent elementary amount, school yet? Decent <laughs> amount of pressure. I got I got ahead of the day. You don't, right. have to, you don't have to guess this bad boy. Okay, this is uh, It says it right there on the hat. This is Mossy Oak. Gil Hans design out yeah. in Mississippi. It is a lovely, lovely golf course. Feels like it's been there for 100 years. It has not been there for 100 years, but it's a play. It's a place Mossy. you want to go play. 
We'd sneak over there one year doing the U.S. Women's Amateur, sneak over there with Julie Inkster and Brad Faxon and had a day. One of the cool parts about being on the road, and I know you've experienced yeah. it, we've done this this year, yeah. is getting a chance in between kind of work hours to sneak out on some of the great golf courses in the country. Some of the great courses you might not know a whole bunch about, and then yeah. all of a sudden you walk away falling in love. I'd like to play Mossy Oak. You mentioned Mississippi. Jim Gallagher Jr., you, you know, he loves Mississippi. He loves it so much he calls it Mississippi. Okay. I, I love Jim Gallagher Jr. I, what I'd love to play Mossy Oak. I imagine he's played Mossy Oak. I think he'd invite me to play if I come down to Mississippi. I, would, I mean, I would also invite you to play. Gil would probably invite we you know to people. play. The invitations would yeah. flood your way if and when we take a trip to Mississippi. Uh, how would you rank the show today? Well, if you gave it a grade, what would be the I'd grade? I'd give it an A. Hey, hey. It's been a lot of fun. Josh Beckett, Josh I mean, Beckett he was, was off the great. chain. He's pulling bats down from the wall. USGA's doing a great job with yeah. the first tee. Fun show. You know, I always ask that, that golf maybe takes a bit of a break, and then you have weeks like this where you get yes. to talk to so many cool people, yes. and there's so many cool things happening in the sport. Yeah. It is a lot of fun.